Good morning. My name is Kevin Mercer and my pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a member of your board of trustees and it is my pleasure to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we in Columbia reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty, minister, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and other professional staff. I want to express my gratitude to all within our community who are striving to keep us connected and to provide meaningful worship services during this unusual and trying times. Whomever you are, wherever you're from, whoever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests who are watching this service. We hope that you will join us in the future when we return to worship at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center so that we will have a chance to meet and welcome you in person. This morning, I have two announcements. First, registration is open for religious education for children and youth. If you haven't done so, please register through the link in the chat. Next, we have been eagerly anticipating a return to in-person worship in our beloved sanctuary, and our staff and tech team are actively preparing to welcome some worshipers into the space on Sunday, September the 12th, two weeks from today. Sadly, because of the recent increased rates of COVID transmission, access will be limited and registration will be required. Later this week, you will receive an email from UUCC staff with information about registering for one of those limited seats. And remember, we will continue to offer online worship right here in Zoom so that all may participate. Thank you, Kevin. And good morning, UUCC and friends. My name is Paige Getty. I'm crying already. I use she, her pronouns. And after six weeks off, it is a privilege and a pleasure to join you again for worship and to lead this service from Sanctuary C right here in the Owen Brown Interfaith Center. As Kevin said, we're preparing to welcome some of you into this space soon, and I can't wait. It really isn't the same in here without you, although at least we have a crowd of six this morning. Thank you, team and Tom, for being my company today. You can find an order of service online if you'd like to follow along this morning with the program. Please email any joys and sorrows that you'd like to have shared to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net. And if you are a guest today, will you please complete the visitor form online so that we're able better to stay in touch with you? We truly would not be able to do this service without our extraordinary tech team and executive director Sean Griffin and a large supporting cast. These guys have spent hours and months really preparing us to continue to connect across platforms, even when more of us are gathered in this room. So thank you team. And thank you to all the virtual ushers and support staff who are working this morning. Volunteer positions filled today, mostly by members of the Board of Trustees. Thank you, Board. So late in the spring, when we started making plans to return to this space, we imagined that the pandemic situation would be different, might even be essentially over by now. So things are not as we had hoped they would be. 
And there is devastating news from Afghanistan, including the deaths of 13 American service members and many dozens of Afghan civilians in a Thursday attack. The residents of Haiti are suffering a different kind of devastation following a massive earthquake a couple weeks ago, revealing weaknesses both literal and figurative in their structures and systems. The UN released a climate report that is overwhelmingly grim. Another powerful hurricane is headed toward the Louisiana coast right now. The 58th anniversary of the March on Washington was observed yesterday as Americans urge legislatures to pass federal voting rights legislation to counter all the voting rights restrictions being passed in state legislatures. And the COVID situation with healthcare facilities overwhelmed again around the country and students returning to school tomorrow here locally, plus the ongoing horrors of oppression and discrimination and violence against people who are black and Asian and Latino or transgender or in any way perceived as other by the dominant culture. And every single one of us is bearing our own full share of heartache and grief and loss and fear. The truth right now is that for some, it's a wonder to be here at all. And also there's a wealth of joy and adventure and pride and compassion and love among us. It is in that context that we gather today, holding all of that, seeking solace and sustenance and encouragement, seeking reminders of meaning and grounding and hope, maybe seeking a nudge in the direction where our hearts and our attention might turn. So welcome, welcome to worship, welcome to this virtual sanctuary, welcome to this day and this gathering in which we will sing and pray and reflect together. Settle in, take a breath, open up and be present. As our invocation, I offer these words by the Reverend Teresa Soto, titled, Stretch. I confess that I have skipped to the back of the book. I really wanted to know what or who or how the story went. I told myself that if I still wanted to read the rest, then it must be good. That only works for paperback books. Life is a little less linear. And still wanting to know how the journey will go, I am willing to dance with the suspense. What will become of a failure? What can be built with an honest mistake? Keep paying attention. Keep dreaming and supposing that more is possible. We don't yet know the ending. And if you are tired, then it must be time to rest. Staying curious is like a muscle. We flex, reaching for what we don't yet know, and relax, leaving space for what is yet to come. Let us worship.
to Maggie and Stephen Brown, who will light our chalice this morning and dedicate it with words from Glennon Doyle. <laughs> Keep going. That's all you have to do ever. You really don't have to be amazing or fierce or beautiful or successful or good. Just keep going, please. Slowly is fine. Falling is fine. No feeling is final. Except hope. Hello, you, you family. I'm going to sing a song with you called Shine On Me. It's an amazing spiritual that anybody can sing. And in these days when the things that we're dealing with, the feeling separate and all of that, and things seem so hard, this is one of those songs that you just throw your head back, put it in your medicine kit. All you have to do is ask. And here's how it goes. Shine on me, oh shine on me, let the light from the lighthouse shine on me, oh shine on me, yes shine on me. Let the light from the lighthouse shine on me. Lift me up, only lift me up. Let the light from the lighthouse lift me up. Yes, lift me up. Let the light from the lighthouse lift me up. Oh, hold me close. Yes, hold me let the light from the light from the lighthouse hold me close. Yes, hold me close. So hold me close. Let the light from the lighthouse please hold me close. So shine on me, shine on me, yes, shine on me. Let the light from the lighthouse shine on me, oh, shine on me, 
shine on me. Let the light from the lighthouse shine All you have to do is just ask. The light is always there. Will you join now in speaking together our shared congregational covenant as we recommit to these promises we make with one another? Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. And now our host is going to let you unmute yourself for a moment so that you can scroll through that gallery view and greet one another in our Zoom worship space. Good morning, everybody. It is good Good to see you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Robin Slaw. I'm your Director of Religious Education, and I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. So this is the time of year when we traditionally do a backpack blessing. It's right before our children go back to school or homeschool year. And this year has really been an odd mixed up year. And this year, our blessing is going to kind of be an odd mixed up blessing this morning because we aren't yet able to be together in person. So we'll have to work on using our imaginations super well this morning. If you have a bag that you want to have blessed, please have it near you and get ready to hold it up when I describe you. And if you're a family with children, we would love it if you would go down to the bottom of your screen to the Zoom reaction button and use the raise hand so that you move up to the top of the screen and we can all see you because we have to aim all our blessings correctly. So we really need to be able to see you. So go ahead and hit that button on that's called reactions and raise your hand. So we carry bags with us throughout the week for lots of different reasons. Some of us 
take books and homework to school. Some of us bring our lunches to school or to work. Some of us, here's mine, we take computers and other supplies to the places where we work or go to school. Some kids carry overnight bags from one parent's house to their other parent's house and back again. And some people bring things like books or yarn and knitting needles to places where they might need to wait patiently. And some people even have special bags for their dogs or other animals or pets. So I'm wondering, are your bags already full of things? Do you imagine that it might get full one day? Maybe, maybe tomorrow even. So for this blessing, we're going to add something to your bag, but don't worry, it won't add any weight and it won't take any room. Would any of you like to have some of our congregation's courage to take with you to school or to work or on your travels? It's been a long time since we've been together in person. So maybe you have to work hard to remember that from long, long, long ago. Do you remember feeling love when you were here on Sundays? Have you felt the love when you attended a class or a meeting or the virtual services on Sunday or opened your family ministry packets each month? And wouldn't you like to know that our love and our courage are with you on the other days? So for all of you who are on here today, we're going to bundle up first some courage because I think we really need courage right now, all of us. So we're going to find your courage. Um, I, I have some stuffed in my pocket here, so I'm going to pull that out. And I want you to, wherever you can find it, wherever you're storing it, bundle up some courage and make a really nice big ball of courage. And once it's as big as you can make it, aim for all those kids that you can see on screen and get ready and kids hold your backpacks up and add anybody who wants some courage. And let's shove that, push that courage into their bags. And then I think our people, need some love to take with them too. Love helps us feel braver. Love helps us to know that people care about us. So let's dig in our other pocket or pull it out of our sleeve or wherever we need, need it from. Make a big ball of love. Keep adding more love and more love because you know you never run out of love there's always more love. Make that love ball as big as you can do it and get ready, hold your backpacks open. There comes the love. And if you have something else you'd like to take with you, you can type it into the chat and we'll take it from our heart supply and we'll toss that into your bags too. So while, while we're looking for some other things that people need, I wanna tell you that we tried to mail home some tags to all our elementary age families to hang on your bag. And they say, I am loved. I can do hard things on one side. And on the other side, it says, when I breathe in, I breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I breathe out love. Except 
the post office was not happy with our envelopes. So instead, we'll be distributing the tags through the upper parking lot today, this afternoon, from 12 o'clock to 2 p.m. So if you aren't able to come over to OBIC today, we'll figure out some additional ways to make sure you have a tag if you want one. So watch for an announcement this week. All right, I see some curiosity. So let's quickly make a ball of curiosity and toss that curiosity and some calm. We need calm when we're feeling anxious. So let's put a ball of calm together and toss that and compassion and bravery. All right, let's put those balls together, toss off compassion and bravery and patience. Oh, so many good things filling up our backpack. Bag may not look any different or feel any different, but the next time you use your bag, I hope you'll remember that we have added our blessings. Remember that the spirit of life is with you at school or at work, that this congregation cares about what happens to you at school or at work. And if you need more love or courage or patience or bravery or calm or compassion or any of the things that we've shared this morning, you just need to ask us for more. Thank you. A co-owner of the Owen Brown Interfaith Center, this building, it's a facility that exists to provide space, not just for a single religious community, not even just for its two owning congregations, but to provide space for a variety of faith communities and other groups who serve the needs of our local community. There's a Muslim congregation and several Christian congregations and the Sri Sathya Sai Center who gather here and other non-religious groups like PFLAG who use the space frequently. And for years, the largest renting organization in the building has been the Cradle Rock Children's Center. Founded as an independent organization by members of UUCC in 2005, CCC is a nonprofit daycare and preschool that serves a diverse population of children from infants through age five and who is committed to paying fair wages to its teachers and staff. Five days a week, the classrooms in our building are their home. And I assure you that the CCC teachers and children fill them with laughter and love and learning. It is a joyful place to be. The center is committed to serving families who don't have the resources to pay full tuition. So whenever there is a fifth Sunday in a month, like today, we give our offering to CCC to help with that commitment. Will you please be generous with your contributions today? I assure you that they will be very well used. Your offerings will be gratefully received as Tom again offers the gift of music. Thank you, Tom.
this morning, I have a story to tell you. It was written down originally by Reverend Dr. Patrick O'Neill and then modified by Pat Mortdurfer. And then I've modified it again to tell you in a different way. But it's a story that comes from the Maasai warriors. They're a tribe of people, fierce warriors, long admired for their skills. And they have traditionally lived in Kenya and Tanzania on the continent of Africa. And the Maasai people, the Maasai warriors, have a traditional greeting that they use with one another. Kasarian Ngera, one would always say as they passed each other. And it means, how are the children? And this greeting, Kasarian Ngera, is still used among the Maasai, even by warriors with no children of their own. It tells everyone the high value they place on their children's well-being. And then the response back again, all the children are well, means that peace and safety are available to everyone, that the priorities of protecting the young, the powerless are in place, that Maasai society has not forgotten its reason for being, its proper functions and responsibilities. All the children are well means that life is good. It means that the daily struggles for existence don't eliminate proper care for their young. I wonder how might it look if our consciousness of our own children's welfare and our culture if we looked at each other with this daily question, and how are the children? I wonder if we heard that question and passed it along to each other a dozen times a day, if it would begin to make a difference in the reality of how children are thought of or cared about in our own country. How grounded might we be if we greeted everyone we know with the question, and how are the children? How might our behavior change? How might our feelings change if every day we asked ourselves that question? I wonder if every adult among us, parent and non-parent alike, felt an equal weight for the daily care and protection of all the children in our community, in our town, in our state, in our country, I wonder if we could truly say without hesitation, without any hesitation, the children are well. Yes, all the children are well. How different might our world be if every town leader had to answer the question at the beginning of every meeting? And how are the children? Are they all well? Wouldn't it be interesting to hear their answers? What would it be like? Mm, I wonder. I invite you now to join in singing hymn number 1012, When I Am Frightened. We might imagine singing it to one another and hearing these words from one another as Tom leads us from the piano here. I 
to tell you today a little bit about my week. My first week back at work after a six-week break. A week that when the break began in mid-July, I had imagined would be the end or near it of this pandemic, in which we would be full of energy and enthusiasm and excitement for our imminent regathering. A week that I entered on Tuesday with greater skepticism and concern than I had hoped. But also with a sense of clarity about this work and this congregation and why we are here. On Tuesday morning, I was feeling mostly rested and curious about what lay ahead, eager to reconnect with staff and congregational leaders and all of you. Over the course of the past five days, I've communicated with several different individuals who are facing loss and illness, changes in significant relationships. I've sat with someone whose family member is dying imminently. I've had numerous conversations that revealed a sense of overwhelm, discouragement, weariness, sadness, and depression among leaders and decision makers who expressed that they just don't know how to keep doing this. This Sisyphean effort to plan and organize and recruit and schedule only to have this public health crisis become restrictive again. Also in the past five days, I've sat with your board of trustees as they engaged thoughtfully and respectfully in discussion and decision-making about how to move forward faithfully as a congregation, how to work together to reconnect, to build understanding, to articulate vision, to resolve conflict healthfully. I've sat with your committee on ministry, engaging in open-ended, thoughtful reflection about who we are and what is needed in the congregation in this moment in time. I've met with several different community leaders this week as we work together to promote sustainable racial integration of housing in Columbia, as we look to support unionized workers, as we persist in looking forward to what is possible here. And I've heard from you who also persist Persist in identifying ways to provide sustenance and other basic resources for Afghan refugees. Persist in organizing funding to support some of the most vulnerable children in our community. Persist in continuing to offer opportunities for connection, even if only a few responders have the capacity to accept the invitation. And in every one of these interactions with you, I have been challenged, challenged to expand my perspective, to listen, to learn, 
to reflect. Because even when I am the caregiver or the executive decision maker, I am still a learner, a seeker. And at moments this week, despite the cautiously positive attitude with which my week began, I have been the one to muse that I just don't know what to do. I wonder how we can do our work and see the way forward and make plans when everything is just so awful and the variables keep changing. Consistently, it has been in those moments, moments when I most wanted to stick my head back in the proverbial sand and just stay there until the awfulness passes, that someone, one of you, has offered me a bit of encouragement, of hope, a sense of possibility. And so I decided to tell you about my week today because I realized that what I've been experiencing this week is church, religious community, UUCC, connection. I was reminded this week of the UUCC leader who said years ago that we come together here to practice being human. And that's what I've experienced with you this week, vulnerably practicing the messiness of being human in a context of trust, where it's okay not to be perfect and we're committed to sticking together as we navigate the way forward. For the past year and a half, we've been holding worship tech rehearsals on Saturdays to ensure a smoother experience on Sunday mornings. Typically, those rehearsals last about half an hour, almost never more than 60 minutes. Yesterday, members of the tech team were here for about four hours preparing for today. I was with them for about two of those. We had several virtual participants with us via Zoom during that time for an hour or so. And at one moment of evident frustration, one of those wise remote participants observed to the group, you know, we've had nearly 18 months to get good at Zoom worship. It'll take time to adjust to something new and different. In that moment, we needed that reminder, that pause, that breath. I needed it. I've needed reminders this week, and I come before you this morning feeling profoundly grateful for the ways this community has shown up for me and for one another, because it's not only this week, it's who you are, it's what you do. One of you reminded me this week of the story of Admiral Jim Stockdale, who was the highest ranking US military officer held as a prisoner of war in the so-called Hanoi Hilton in Vietnam. Admirable, Admiral, Admiral Stockdale was held there for about seven years. And in his memoir, he claimed to come out of the prison camp even stronger than he went in. When asked to comment about who suffered the worst in that prison camp, Admiral Stockdale commented that it was the optimists. I can tell you who didn't make it out, he said. It was the optimists. They were the ones who always said, we're going to be out by Christmas. 
Christmas would come and it would go and there would be another Christmas and they died of a broken heart. And he said, this is what I learned from those years in that camp where all those constraints were just oppressive. You must never, ever, ever confuse on the one hand, the need for absolute unwavering faith that you can prevail despite those constraints with on the other hand, the need for the discipline to begin by confronting the brutal facts, whatever they are. We're not getting out of here by Christmas. You and I, UUCC, will be together in body and in spirit again. We will see the end of this pandemic. Humanity and this faith community within it will survive and thrive. And we will continue to face threats and will need to sacrifice and will endure disappointment and sometimes face devastating loss. These things all can be, are true at once. Also this week, another one of you told me about one of your favorite scenes in The Two Towers, one of the movies in the Lord of the Rings franchise, in which at one of the lowest, most despondent moments of the story, Sam delivers this short monologue. He says, it's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were, and sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back. Only they didn't because they were holding on to something, that there's something good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. The protagonists in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't because they were holding on to something. They had faith in something, that there is good in this world and it's worth fighting for. And that faith, that truth, whether it's articulated through the sacred text of film or through our interpersonal relationships with one another or through scripture or ritual or other traditional religious expressions, that is what grounds us. Faith that there is something worth living for, worth taking the difficult next step, worth taking the risk of disappointment. We don't always remember that faith on our own, can't always sustain it in solitude. And we depend on each other in this weekly service and in all we do together. 
to remind us, especially when our fear and anxiety and bitterness threaten to take over. We believe in something, in a good, a love worth living for and fighting for. So I remind you again of the words of Glennon Doyle that Maggie and Stephen shared earlier. Keep going. That is all you have to do ever. You really don't have to be amazing or fierce or beautiful or successful or good. Just keep going, please. Slowly is fine. Crawling is fine. No feeling is final. Except hope. Let's keep going, UUCC. Together. Amen. Let's sing together again, this time led by some folks from Pittsburgh on screen. a few moments now to honor the joys and sorrows that have been shared among us this morning. I'm back at our chancel table where we have stones and water. I invite you at home to engage in this ritual where we honor with a single pebble one life, one story that's shared, and we place it in this communal bowl to symbolize the way each life ripples out and touches us all in community. We begin first by honoring the lives of the 13 U.S. service members who were killed in the attack on the airport in Kabul, Afghanistan on Thursday. On Friday, Reverend David Pyle, who is a UU minister and an army chaplain, 
wrote this. Yesterday, 13 U.S. service members were killed and 18 more were wounded defending an airport to allow civilians to escape a country falling into threat and chaos. They died fighting the rear guard action to end a war, the longest war in our country's history. As far as missions go, I can think of none more worthy. We grieve their loss and we honor their sacrifice by completing the mission. For the residents of the Gulf Coast, and especially those in the path of Hurricane Ida, on today, the 16th anniversary of the day when Hurricane Katrina made landfall and destroyed so much, may they weather the storm. And one very large pebble for all of you, for whatever you're holding in your heart at this time. Will you now enter a space and attitude of reflection, of prayer, for just a few moments? Great and Holy Spirit of love, of life. May our faith be renewed. Faith that good is possible, that love is worth fighting for, that there is a way forward. And may we have faith that we can do this together.
There is much loss among us. And we hold tenderly, especially those in our communities who are facing unexpected and heartbreaking loss through death or change that is unwanted. May we all know courage and hope as we seek a way forward. Let us now share just a moment of stillness and quiet together. Amen. Blessed be. As we prepare to bid farewell to one another today, I offer again words from Teresa Soto's poem, Stretch. And still wanting to know how the journey will go, I am willing to dance with the suspense. Keep paying attention, keep dreaming and supposing that more is possible. We don't yet know the ending. And if you are tired, then it must be time to rest. Staying curious is like a muscle. We flex, reaching for what we don't yet know, and relax, 
leaving space for what is yet to come. Be well, UUCC. See you next week. The doors build fences so high. Open the window, let the dove fly. In. Don't see what's to discover, home dear. 
other side. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Borders round countries, borders round the sky. Open the window, let the dove fly in. The only border close you in is the border around your mind. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Open the window, children. children. Open the window now. Open the window, children. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Some people have money, some people have none. Open the window, let the dove fly in. What's the use of having money? Your heart's gone numb. Open the window, let the dove fly in. This big old world is in a great big mess. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Let's open the window, find peace and rest. Open the window, let the dove fly in. Open the window, children. Open the window now. Open the window, children. Open the window, let the dove fly in. 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 Open the window, let the Let the dog.